0: in the gorge of the greater river, the frontier of Kindhirak. The arrow protruded from the trader's thigh like a flag, its feathers twitching in the wind. Lying prone on the rocky banks of the ice-mottled river, he mouthed a prayer to his ancestors. With one hand, he clutched an idol carved from his dead father's rib, and with the other, the wound. The shot came from somewhere but where? The lines of birch and aspen spilling into the black gorge like discarded bones revealed nothing. All at once a gang of warriors emerged from a nearby alder copse and encircled him, chirruping and taunting. Forest folk. The greater river was safe enough as long as you kept to the villages on the low side. The high side belonged to them. Earlier, he had spotted a buck caught in the brush. It was stringy and ragged, but an easy kill. When he landed... The shore was empty. He checked, twice. The arrow was a surprise, and now he was the easy kill. The water burbled. Chunks of ice collided, tinkling. Somewhere a fox yelped. His innards churned, fluids rising in his neck and pressing against his eyes. Would they really make porridge from his ashes, as the old women said? A warrior advanced, small, muscular, wearing a skirt and boots, shirtless with a blanket draped over his shoulders and secured with a belt. Strings of red stones adorned his neck and chattered as he moved. He was ugly, they all were, but striking as though no other jaw could bear such a mouth, no other face such a nose or such eyes, deep brown to black like a hawk's. A knob-ended club swung from the warrior's belt as he walked, then twirled into his hand as he stopped, practised, fluid, like a dancing flame. Clambering backward toward his boat, the trader hollered for help. No one would hear him, wouldn't come if they did. As he struggled to pull himself aright, the warrior stomped him back to the ground. Were the others jeering? How could he tell? Their language sounded like hideous laughter in the first place. The blow fell hard, dazed him. Blood dribbled into his eyes and mouth. He sputtered, begged for mercy, and called for his wife and ancestors. His voice floated back to him from a distance as his vision dissolved into a bleary smudge of grotesque faces. He fell but never stopped, melting through his body into the earth like water flowing through solid rock. Sensation evaporated, leaving only the vague awareness of soil, rocks and roots, and himself passing among them. Silence, darkness, desire ceased. There was nothing left to be done, or done about it. How long did he continue like this? It may have been an instant or forever. The passage of time made no more impression on him than anything else. Finally, he crossed over. Talani leaned over the corpse. He had been on his way to visit a minor community in his dominion when someone started crashing through the underbrush, a trader from across the gorge, Scrapers, he called them, swarmers, spreaders, cutters of the land. Are they not satisfied to fill up space between the mountains and the sea? Must their feet also defile our land? Now the trespasser was dead, but not dead enough. Talani drew his knife and cut away cloak and coverlet, revealing a carved shard of bone. Careful to touch only the strap, he threw it in the river. Whatever the talisman signified, it didn't belong in his land. Next he sheared off the vest and shirt, bearing the body. Wedging his axe deep into the breastbone, he leaned until it cracked and he could pry the ribs apart. Then with his knife he cut until he found the heart and sliced it out. Power in the life, life in the blood. A warrior offered a leather bag, and Talani deposited the heart inside. After a little more cutting... He took the floppy brown liver as well. These would suffice to allow his mother to bind the man's spirit with fire. The fatty pancreas he left. No blood, no life. Blood pooled in the cavity. Without means to transport it, he pinched bile out of the gallbladder, ruining the good blood with bad. With one accusatory finger dipped into the inky black liquid, he daubed a circle of seven dots on the man's forehead. Seven stars for seven cities of Kindir, their forebear. All their banners bore this insignia. It amused him to make it into a curse. The warriors flopped the trader's body into the boat, which was beached nearby. Foot planted on the bow, he said, No more scrapers! I, Lestrelatha las Talani, declare it. He kicked the boat into the water and watched it drift downstream, a hollow shell of wood carrying a hollow shell of flesh. He spat on the ground. Justice burns like fire, and I am the spark. Take back your filth and with it a warning. The traders' countrymen would surely misinterpret this message. They would regard this man's death as no more than an injunction against trespass. They would be afraid, yes, but not afraid enough. He longed for the time when he might reveal himself, when they might know him and fear his coming. But not yet. Not until he was ready. Until it was too late.